Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Uh, welcome to another episode of Game Over Toronto. We're here on a beautiful Thursday evening, afternoon. It's it's an early game, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the sun's still out, it's still shining, and uh, the Leafs had a... Um, interesting game to say the least uh they almost blew it there it started off really boring almost blew it and somehow managed to keep it together uh even when uh even when the flyers had that open net opportunity like my god my my heart's racing right now but uh you guys are in for a treat today we have will scouch coming on he'll be joining us in just a bit uh to help break down the game as well as give us some insight into the juniors that's coming up that's really exciting um, but before we get into that, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Sports Interaction. Think you know what way it'll go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or baseball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Uh, sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 and older, and please play responsibly. All right, without further ado, let's introduce Will. Will, thank you for joining us today. Will's here. Um, he has his his scouting and McLean's <laughs> hockey as well. Um we're so excited to have you on. I'm really excited. I mean, I've, I've listened to you a lot, especially when it comes to the draft in time. So um, it's fun to have you on and, and pick at your brain about the juniors because I know that's oh, coming yeah. up and everyone's excited for that, right? Yeah, it's great to be on. Uh, you know, longtime watcher, first time visitor. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's really great to, to meet you guys and uh, get on the show. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It was a great game and uh, I think the next couple of weeks are going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, what a way to uh to go off on uh uh go off into the holiday break, right? It started <laughs> off so so boring, right? For a next yeah, dude, game, the first the first ten minutes, I think there were four shots on goal total. Ridiculous stuff, and especially for a next gen game. I mean, we've been um we've been really spoiled. spoiled, yeah, by a lot of really really good next gen games, and uh, it started off slow, but. When it picked up, it picked up quickly and uh, probably not for the better in that third period. <laughs> I saw I saw a tweet from uh, from Cam saying uh, Cam Charon. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I apologize if I got that wrong. But it, he said it was the least convincing dominant win I've seen in a while. And that like fully describes it. The Leafs dominated that game, like completely dominated that game, especially like the second onwards. And oh, my goodness, we almost leafed it like hard. <laughs> <laughs> it almost happened. Yeah, yeah, we almost witnessed a pretty good one. Um, you know, but it it's okay. They got the win. That's how it works. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. They don't they don't ask how. They just want you to win. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a great example of a game where the flood the floodgates just kind of broke. It just was, you know, it was kind of tipping in the Leafs' favor for a while there, and then you know the dam broke. But then the Leafs showed up at the end, and we almost lost it. But you know, <laughs> yeah, okay, we got, we a, got across the finish line. Well, I got a fitting introduction. When, when yeah, that, go ahead. When that favorite um, uh, open net goal almost happened. How close were you on the edge of your seat? Like, how nervous I, were you on that? <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I had something else going on my other monitor, and uh -huh. I saw in the corner of my eye that the net was open and that that was about to happen, and I didn't even need to look. I just went, "Oh God!" Like, here we go. <laughs> and then I saw, and then I saw the guy's stick go in the air, and I'm going, "Okay, so it might have gone in there." And then I look, and he was doing the whole, "Oh my God, I can't believe it didn't go in thing." 
which looks very <laughs> similar to a goal celebration sometimes. And uh, yeah. dodged a bullet there. Dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah, we were honestly lucky. Like that would have been the the perfect introduction to the franchise for all the kids watching and the, yes. the students. <laughs> Sometimes there's pain. Sometimes there's a lot of pain. Yeah. Sometimes that pain you know. happens when you least expect it, like right around Christmas, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, going into Christmas, like last game before before the break, and and we, we do that. Hey, oh, it was almost, really close. Almost. At least, I was at waiting least... for all the it was 4-1 tweets that were going <laughs> to exactly. my way. Yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was really funny listening to the crowd um, chanting, go Leafs go, because like, I completely forgot that, that like, I don't know why it just like passed my mind that that there was a lot of kids at the audience, but when they're chanting "Go Leafs Go" and you just hear a bunch of kids, like, chanting, <laughs> it just yeah, it hits different. The most yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. there was so it's many. Hilarious. There was some like the dance troops at the intermission, and like there there was just <laughs> so much dancing. I'm going. That really was not a thing. The kids. That was yeah. not a thing when I was a kid. Nobody danced <laughs> in the '90s. Nobody was dancing. It's the TikTok generation. Yeah, no kidding. Party generation. Was, Everybody My was generation. too busy watching Space Jam. Yes. What, what's what is the age range for Zoomers, man? I feel like it's two thousand and older, right? No. Or two thousand younger. I sorry. don't know. No, it's different now. No way. <laughs> you like to you like to Things think you're changed. a millennial. I'm, you're I'm a, a millennial. I'm not a Zoomer. All right. <laughs> we'll stick it. <laughs> I'm not one of those. I'm not I one of those. I beg to differ. But yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is like the. I do like the next gen games. Like I like the little oh, animations yeah. they do. It's 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 just nice. Uh, and it adds a bit of personality to the game. So it's, I. I it's like more it. it's more fun than the normal broadcast. Yeah, right? exactly. Like the little animated avatars and like the little you know the colorfulness and it's a lot of fun. I I always love them. I I hope they keep doing them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the jersey you're wearing also factors into it a lot. Like it's a totally new look at you know how the Leafs have been and and what they're kind of trying to be. It's it's really really cool. And I you're like and and we're, it's true. A lot of the games that they do, a lot of the next gen games are actually a lot of fun. So yeah, the Carolina one. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, yeah. That was like yeah. one of my favorite games to that watch was like, like ever. It was yeah. like barn burning. Even though it's like <laughs> not really good hockey at all. Like right. you know, it's just I both mean, teams point, just, just going all offense. Get but... the goalies out of the way. Just start throwing pucks oh, on that. <laughs> Anything's gonna go in at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't think anyone really minds about like a nine-seven game, except like coaches. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think anyone cares except for the small yeah. number of dudes <laughs> on the bench. Everyone else loves it, but like because that's the case, we don't get a lot of nine-seven games. But yeah. I'm team. I'm team nine-seven. <laughs> I want to like defense. have I want to have like a, a, a like a borderline heart attack every single game just because <laughs> of how many goals are being scored. So just give me that. Hey, and yeah, like how many? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, like how many shots did the Flyers end up having total? Twenty something, I think. I don't know. It was. Okay. I think it was less than thirty. Because I think at the twenty minute mark, they had something like eight. Like yeah, it was yeah, less it was, than ten, right? Yeah, it was I think the shots were twenty-seven seven after. And the, the Lightning period. last game we held them to below 10 yeah. shots within two periods as well. The Leafs, you know, I was like, it's, it's so stupid. Like, so I still see a lot of discourse on Twitter about how like the Leafs are like all offense yeah, and stuff like that. And it's like, that has not been the case since Keith has joined like as a coach. Well, it's, it's interesting. Like it, what I think the Leafs do really, really well. And what I think they sort of buck the trend with, and this I think is extra true now that there's a bunch of injured defensemen. And and they've been sort of yeah. had to mix things up a lot and like bring up guys from the minors a lot and guys are coming in and out of the lineup all the time, but they still are performing really, really well defensively as, as well. But I think a lot of that, like when I watch the Leafs, I see just how often the forwards are in the neutral yeah. zone 
clogging things up and preventing defensive entries in the first place. And I think that that's a really good example of, you know, I watch a lot of young players and it's, it's a good lesson, I think, to learn that in the NHL, you do not stop moving your feet a lot of the time. Like you are constantly, if you want to be a great NHL player, you got to be everywhere. You got to be able to get around, challenge guys all over the place. Like defense is best played, not in the defensive end. Right. So Mm -hmm. when I see the Leafs play, like I look at Mitch Marner and look at how far he's come in his career with being a better back checker. The same thing with Austin Matthews, William Nylander is some of the, one of the better, I'd say one of the better guys around that can grab the puck in the neutral zone, turn it around and avoid having to play defense in the first place. So yeah, like it's, yeah, you can look at the defense and go, well, the names on the defense group for the Leafs aren't superstars. Like they're, yeah, they're whatever, like, end, yeah. and they're missing guys like Ramuzin and Riley and whatever. But you look at the rest of the team and it's like, well, the forwards, if they're doing things right, and if they're motivated the right way can chip in defensively to the point where it's like, yeah, Victor Mete and, you know, all these other depth guys don't look that out of place. Like when they're relied upon, it's, you know, they might be a little hit or miss when it's like close quarters defense, but the forwards do a lot of the heavy lifting, I think in the neutral zone to sort of stop things from getting to that point anyway. And I think that's, that's how you see teams like Philadelphia and Tampa really getting shut out in that area of the game. Yeah. And you also see guys like Kevin Hayes getting, you know, healthy scratched from, uh, from Tornella a couple of games ago, you know, he's their leading point scorer or point getter on the, on the team. And he got scratched and it's, Partly because coaches like guys who commit to defense. And yeah. the other thing that like, you know, like our forwards are really committing to defense this year. And, you know, especially these last couple of games that like you see it constantly. Uh, but a, a part of that that I think facilitates that is the way we generate offense. We are not a very rush heavy team. And so none of our forwards tend to, you know, cheat for offense because we're looking for that stretch pass. You know, we tend to circle back. And so I think that part of that, leads to better defense as well because we have guys, you know, uh, our forwards in deep and we're not cheating for offense with a, a guy on the weak side wing, you know, going yeah. up to the their blue line. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, it's just defensively, I think we sort of deserve the reputation we're getting or we should be getting now, mm-hmm. uh, which is that we're a good defensive team and really our whole is the offense. Like, I think we're like fourth in goals against or something in the league right now and like we're middle of the pack in in yep. terms of goals for not so do you think that this is a this is a, a this is because like we're missing so many people on our, on our defensive core right so the forwards um have to try to help them right and then try to try to cover the gaps right so once we get a lot of our players back like riley and and um see some more stability in our in our defensive core do you think that uh sheldon Keefe will try to transition to play more of an offensive side uh offensive hockey uh, i guess like strategy um where they are like you said chasing after the puck or or, or trying to trying to make a make plays like that instead of just trying to circle back around i mean in my view i wouldn't tinker with anything at this point right like the team's been winning and winning and winning and i i don't know i i lived through a lot of leaf seasons and i've seen a lot of different leafs teams that win and probably don't deserve to win most of the games they've won and they're not playing like that right like maybe early in i think early in the year it was a little rough but that's you know not only is that somewhat typical for toronto but also you know it's the first it was the first 10 games of the year you know, you're sorting things out. And in reality, like, yeah, some moments were awful, but things were kind of looking okay. 
and they weren't as bad as I think the results were looking. And now you're sort of seeing not only a bit of regression, but like now they're getting confidence. Like what you're seeing a lot is the confidence and the energy that was kind of missing from that first 10 games. And that, that, that leads to defense as well. Like energy is necessary both offensively and defensively. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the name that is probably the biggest one that's missing right now is I would say Morgan Riley. But Mm -hmm. when you bring Morgan Riley into the, into the lineup again, that I don't think that means that you can then go, okay, well now we can stretch things out a little more offensively. Like Riley, I love Morgan Riley when he's got the puck on his stick, but defensively he is not the same quality player as he is offensively. And that's no disrespect to Morgan Riley. He's a fantastic offensive defenseman, but to me, it just means, okay, we have this guy back who can add more offense to the equation, but that doesn't mean the forwards can then sort of sit back, take the foot off the gas pedal a little more because they just don't don't really have that. And so I, th- I think that the way that they're playing right now is doing just fine. They're, they're, they're defensively, they're, they're treading water, mostly because of the involvement, I think, from the forwards helping out defensively, but we'll see what happens. I mean... You know, I I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see what happens because honestly, like if you had told me that Morgan Riley was never a Toronto Maple Leaf based on how they've played without him, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. Like it's 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 just very interesting to see how they've played without a player that important to them. And it'll I mean, not that he's going to be a bad player to add back on the roster, but uh, I don't I don't think it would drastically uh, cause any sort of like shift in the in the tactics. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree, honestly, like, uh, Riley is a fantastic offensive player. But like you said, you know, his defensive game, you know, it's not top end NHL. So it'll be like, I don't think they're going to cheat for offense once he comes back. He is a player who already sort of plays that offensive game. And, you know, he can generate more than enough chances himself. And so I I still want to see them commit to this sort of defense by committee. Uh, mm-hmm. style of play that they're doing and I'm sure they will but you know we're we're talking after like a 4-3 game and yeah <laughs> I, what I really want to talk about is like that probably shouldn't have been a 4-3 game I thought Samsonov was not the best today and uh yeah. he, I think that's a, a couple games in a row where we've seen a bit of a uh, a hole in his game but that's obviously mm-hmm. coming after two shutouts in a row too so it's like you know it's it's hard to call this a trend but uh yeah, just a weak game overall from him, especially that third goal. Yeah, I mean, I think him and Matt Murray both have been, I would say, I mean, I don't have the data in front of me, but like I'd say they've been kind of outperforming expectations a little bit. Like there's been a few yeah. games, especially Matt mm-hmm. Murray, that where he has really sort of stood on his head and saved a couple, um, which is great. You need that out of your goaltending. But like there's got to be give and take with that kind of stuff. You can't always expect that out of your goaltenders. Um, you know, but all they need, like, again, you look at this game, they still won and they just, they need adequate goaltending. I I think a bigger, a bigger, not an issue, but a thing to note from this game was more that, yeah, they almost lost in the end, but, you know, think of me thinking about it psychologically, like you've got a building full of kids, you know, they're going crazy. You've been dominant all game. You're playing a team that is really on the outs, but they're scrappy. Like you can't knock the Philadelphia Flyers for how hard they play and how physical they are and how much they want to sort of come at you, which is kind of what they want. And when that happens and you have that mismatch of like, oh, we're the dominant big dog in the house and we've got a crowd full of kids that just love what they've seen for the last two and a half periods. And then some bounce goes Philadelphia's way, right? Yeah. Maybe Ilya Samsonov has a, a soft, a soft goal here and there, but once that happens, then Philadelphia goes, okay, here's our, there's a spark, right? Like there's something. And they and they might have caught Toronto sleeping, or or they might think that Toronto might be dozing off a little bit, and then you can sort of get something going. And 
I don't know. It, it almost, it almost was a disaster for sure. Right. Like, I think that's something where you can come after the game and with, with notes and be like, look, we got to play a full 60 minutes, like age old lesson with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But you know, it, it, I think it's a little bit more forgivable, especially considering just how dominant they were. And then considering like the environment that they were playing in, but yeah. you don't want them to lose that game, but luckily they did not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was close though. Uh, yeah, very close. Yes. I was curious, like we have a, a comment about uh, Samsonov and I was curious what you think of this. He says, I, I feel better about this goaltending tandem versus last year. What are what are your thoughts? Murray, Samsonov versus right. Campbell, Mrazic. Well, I mean, they're both an upgrade on Mrazic. That is absolutely, <laughs> that's absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. a given. I mean, unfortunately, right? Like Mrazic just didn't work out. And I think with Jack Campbell, I mean, Jack Campbell's part of this like weird subgroup of goaltenders like Jonathan Quick, where yeah. they're they're either outstanding or just not good. And like yeah. Jack Campbell was very, you know, you don't see a lot of goaltenders play this way and find a lot of success long term where they're very aggressive. They're all over the crease. They're just it's the just make a save goaltenders. Right. Like it, some, if they're if they're down and out, they'll swim. Right. Yeah. And, and that can work. And there have been periods where Jack Campbell was searing hot and it worked. But you know, then it doesn't. Whereas now I do feel like you at least know that when you face say 12 shots in a, in a game or 12 shots at a time, maybe one goes in yeah. as opposed, as opposed to like, well, we faced five shots and three went in this <laughs> night, but then, but then we faced 42 and zero went in. Right. Like yeah. it's, I think that that does have a bit of a psychological effect on the group. So it's, it's two sides of the same coin, right? Like, do you want to gamble and maybe win, or do you want to like invest your money in Canadian bank stock and just sort of <laughs> plod along doing okay. And hopefully you get to where you want to be. Personally, I go with the latter. So yeah, I mean, with Matt Murray and Elias Samsonov, they, they just need to be like 900 goaltenders in this day and age, like most nights and the team should be okay. So I think, I think I would take it, but that also might be the benefit of hindsight, seeing how Jack Campbell was played in a poorer yeah. defensive system in, in Edmonton. Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. Sure. I guess like from this game though, overall, um, one player I wanted to 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 kind of point out uh, was Marner. I mean, Marner has had uh, a a fun uh next gen i guess like career thus far so in his eight <laughs> games that that he's played he's got eight goals and 10 assists and then add on to his, his goal and assist this game right he looked uh he looked great he looked phenomenal right but, hey, wait uh, eight goals and 10 assists in eight games that's pretty amazing it's yeah so so in this last in the last eight games he played in uh in the next gen games yeah. slash next century he had um eight goals and 10 assists and then he got another goal and an assist today. Yeah, so he nine got another games, goal and assist. Exactly. Nine goals, eleven assists. Crazy. That's insane. I mean, I'm not convinced Mitch Marner's not actually like 12 years old. And so <laughs> Do you think he might have just up on Skittles got, and just yeah, like giving ice? him an extra boost being around his like school friends and stuff. Like I feel like maybe that's what's doing it. He's just perpetually a 12 year old. But uh, no, I, I that's pretty amazing. I mean, again, I do think that maybe you know having a building full of kids and like doing all this sort of fun extra stuff might give you a bit of extra pep in your step. Cause yeah. again, that's the, that's what, when we were watching Mitch Marner early in the year, I think you guys would agree like a big issue with him and the other big boys is they just felt like they had like cement in their feet, right? Yeah. Like it was, mm-hmm. they the looked, skill was there, but they just looked like they yeah. were slow. They looked yeah. like they were just, not and it was the body pushing. language too. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you could see it in their, in They're their just bodies. Like really yeah. emotional. Right. And it's yeah. kind of a shame to see. I mean, they, they are, um, 
they are becoming vets, right? They're they're a little bit older now, but but still, when they're playing great, they're playing fantastic. It's so nice to see. Yeah. I think it's time that uh, Scotiabank only allows kids during playoffs. <laughs> I'm down. I'm yeah. in. A hundred percent. First dudes. Just yeah. bring some TikTok stars out on the ice during the half, <laughs> oh, God, during, no. in between the periods and all that. Let's not let's not get crazy here. Let's not, you know. Yeah. Just... <laughs> children, yes. TikTok children. Mm. Hey, I saw some TikTok dances going on. Oh, jeez. Yep. They're they're I mean, having fun. They're, I can't they're I can't be too it. much of a curmudgeon. I can't be too much. I mean, I'm not I'm not that old, but it makes me do it does make me feel old and I'm trying not to be the old man yelling at the cloud watching that stuff. So, look, have fun, right? <laughs> Uh, exactly. Have fun at games, but I'm fully, I'm fully in for having the like child first thought of, you know, of a, of a, of, a, of an in-game environment. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do think that for certain types of people and on the team, it gives them like a, it gives them a boost. Now I'm out of focus. That's strange, but anyway, <laughs> it's a yeah. super energy. That, that's it. That's oh, a crazy stat though for Mitch. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's well. I mean, he also got boosted from that <laughs> that Hurricanes game. Oh yeah, right? true. I'm but sure that that makes up for a lot of it. That makes up for four assists, but still, <laughs> like the it's it's still it was a he he's been playing great like throughout. Yeah. So he definitely has that energy and uh, yeah, it's funny because like yesterday I went out for my run and like I saw kids coming out for um from like school. So are they still in school? Has Christmas break started yet or not? So. <laughs> I'm really confused. Yeah, just a yeah. bunch of people got, just like quit, left school early just to go see the game. <laughs> that sounds like a good reason to pull your kid out of school like, yeah, two would. days before Christmas. I mean, <laughs> I, I got I got stuck behind a school bus today for a while, so the kids are definitely in school. But yeah, if I'm a dad, I'm pulling my kid out to go to a Leaf game, especially this one. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I left work early to watch this. So oh my, my kid I is 100 agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we talk about the juniors, um got to give a, l- a little bit of a shout out to everybody in the chat so far um we love having you guys here and thank you for taking some time uh out of your days to join us um if you uh if you're enjoying the show thus far make sure you hit like and subscribe it really does help the algorithm and uh share out share uh share it with all your friends uh, tweet out at us we love to hear from you guys um but yeah speaking about the holidays the juniors are among us it's time and uh i mean i'm i'm really happy to have you here will to help us yeah. i guess digest all of this and there's there's just so much to talk about but um finally we're able to see hopefully fingers crossed uh, uh juniors where we're not gonna have any interruption or whatnot <laughs> right just let yep. it go as scheduled and um we have a, a great group of i mean not us I, the leafs don't have a anyone any prospects in there but there's a lot of good prospects um, that are going to be playing the juniors, and there's a lot of people to to look and uh, to keep an eye out for uh, in the draft, right? Yeah. Um, who who are your your players? I guess that that you're more interested in, or you should you think we should oh, take man. a look at? I mean, it's good. I think the the most amazing thing about this year's tournament is that there's a lot of draft eligible players this year, at least yeah. relative to what I can remember. You've got a couple of guys that are eligible next year. Um, you know, Aaron Kibiharu has got a lot of hype coming behind him, and this I think is his first World Junior tournament, so he'll be an interesting one to watch. But there's just a lot of guys eligible for this year's draft who could be drafted very, very highly. A lot of them are on the Slovakian team, and I would not count them out. Like I, I think this year, you know, obviously Russia's not there. So it seems like the World Juniors is typically now like a Canada-Sweden-US tournament, and then Finland kind of works their way in there somewhere. But I look at Finland, Czech, Slovakia as like, I don't really know who's the best team out of those three. Like Slovakia's got one of the younger teams in this year's tournament, but their youth is kind of the best parts of their team, right? You've got, you know, Adam Shakora, who's 
really, really young. He was drafted by the Rangers this past year, and he'll be a sort of a physical guy that can go up against, I would say, anybody in the Canadian team, for example. And and it's going to be, you know, the Canadian team's loaded. Um, yeah. So so you're going to need to you're going to need to come at him and, and really sort of push him around and, and get him on their heels a little bit. And I think he could do that. But even just the draft eligible guys for Slovakia right now, I'm looking at there's one, two, three, four, like six of them. Um, and I think that at least four or five are really, really impressive players. Sam Honzik uh, has been phenomenal with Vancouver in the WHL this year. Alex Siernik has been great playing in pro hockey over in Sweden, as well as Dalibor Dvorsky. Probably all three of those guys go in the first round this year. Um, you know, Maxim Sturback on defense, a pretty strong, stable guy to have on the back end. Um, I, I think the Slovakians, if the young guys can sort of really sort of take control and, and, and drive a lot of results, like you never know how far they can go. I remember the year of, of Puglia Yarvi and, and Kapanen and Laine yeah, taking the Finns as far as yeah. they can go. And they're all draft eligible at the time. Not saying that these guys are on the same level, but the, the, you know, you can ice that line up against pretty much any team in the league, in the, in the tournament and do really well. Um, but I mean, I don't know, Canada, Sweden, us are all, they've got great teams. Um, I mean, Canada, you look up and down that lineup and you don't see that many weak points. Um, I, I look at Canada and say the same thing pretty much every year. If they can stay out of the box and get a save, they're going to be fine. And, you know, they're going to have no problem scoring goals. They're going to just destroy teams like Switzerland and, and everyone else in their group that isn't Canada, Sweden, U.S., Finland. Um, you know, even against the Finns, I feel like they're heavily, heavily favored in that one. But this is the World Juniors. Anything can happen. Um, a strong goaltending performance. I look at the Czech team. Thomas Suchanek is their goaltender, and he is a guy who plays for the Tri-City Americans. And anyone who watches the WHL will tell you, he faces a lot of hockey pucks and a lot of hockey pucks in areas where you do not want hockey pucks to come from. And he holds things together. The numbers aren't great, but he does what he can. And internationally, he's played quite well. So if a guy like that comes along and, and steals a couple of really good ones from really talented players, you never know. You never know. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the, this tournament, it comes down to goaltending. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, look, of course, I'm excited to watch Connor Bedard. I, I think Adam Fantilli is going to make a name for himself. I mean, I, I, I think those two guys are pretty comparable as, as first overall players. If, if it were any other year, Adam Fantilli would probably be the first overall pick, maybe outside of Rasmus Dahlin, his year and Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, like other than those guys, I'm probably taking Fantilli ahead of pretty much everyone else. Um, and he, I, you know, you don't hear much about him cause he's a Canadian kid playing in Michigan and doing college hockey stuff. And I, I think he's going to look not at all out of place on that team. So there's a lot to really, really like. There's a lot of, I think, really balanced teams. I think there's a lot of, um, there, there's just a lot of meat in the middle where I think there could be some surprises. And even at the bottom end, I mean, I don't know who's going to get relegated this year. And Norway's coming in. They've got a good group of teams, good group of players next year. I think everyone except five or six guys are coming back. Um, and, you know, I look at Latvia. I think they could do okay. Switzerland, I think, has been a team that's been sort of on the decline, so you never know what's going to happen with them. Um, Austria, they have a couple of guys on their team that have a lot of a lot of potential. Guys like Vincent Rohrer, David Reinbacher is going to be a bit of a pain to 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 counter, and he's going to be playing about sixty eight minutes a night. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens and what comes out on the other side. But I mean, obviously, Canada is pretty heavily favored, um, but it's going to be close, and there's a lot of good teams coming. How much does like the World Juniors affect your own rankings 
of players. Like we saw like guys like Slavkovsky who weren't necessarily in that first overall range prior to that world juniors. And then he mm-hmm. and the Slovakians really, uh, you know, played well during that tournament. And we kind of saw a lot more talk of him being a potential first overall. And then he actually got picked first overall. How much does a good tournament affect the way scouts see them and, you know, how amateur scouts and, and, you know, how you see them? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I think I, I think I look at it on a case by case basis. So the way I, the way I kind of see it, just to take as an example, like Connor Bedard, when I watch Connor Bedard with the Regina Pats this year, I see a guy who's basically being given the, the keys to a Ferrari and just going, do whatever you want. Go nuts. Like, you're Connor Bedard. There's not much else to help you out on the team. Like, you're, we're, they're an okay team, but he is the part that makes yeah. them, like, real solid. And, like, just the data I've worked, the data tracking I've done on him and just the viewings I've had of him, it's like, I see the the, the hype. But you can only do so much as an individual. And I've seen him with the Canadian team before, and he doesn't really play the same way. So I will be curious. So in his case, it's sort of like, well, is he going to bring the same sort of energy to the team or is he going to change how he plays? Like, can he adapt to a different situation that's more high end sort of hockey? But then I look at a guy like Adam Ventilli and I'm going, okay, if he doesn't have the best tournament or he's playing third line minutes, that doesn't concern me because I've seen enough of him in Michigan where I'm not really concerned about his style of play. So in that sense, unless he's either unless he's either outstanding or absolutely terrible maybe then i might want to circle back and look at things but i don't expect that to happen so just because of what i've seen from him in michigan but then you know i look at a guy you know like samuel honzik with czech or the with slovakia and i'm going okay this guy's scoring a ton of points i watch him play i have some thoughts about some of the strengths and weaknesses in his game but i want to see how he plays at a higher level of junior hockey against some better quality teams. Like, can he move the needle against a team like the States or Sweden or, or even Canada? And if he can, and he's really one of the more high-end producers on the Slovakian team, then I go back and go, okay, well, he left the Vancouver Giants where he's dominating and doing extremely well. And then here he is internationally and he did the same thing. And it's just something to add to the, to the resume. But I, I don't, I don't give it a ton of weight because it's such a short tournament you know, the quality of your opposition can vary pretty greatly. You know, weird bounces can completely change the trajectory of your team or the trajectory of your individual output. So I don't, I don't really think about it too much. Um, but it's always very interesting just to see a player either outside of their comfort zone or challenged at a higher level. Um, or in some cases, like one guy on Slovakia, I really like is Martin Misiak, who's uh, yeah. draft eligible. And he is a big, heavy, fast, physical guy who has a lot of skill that just doesn't really get the chance to, to do that much in the Slovakian pro league right now, but moving back down to junior level and, and where he hasn't been, I think in two years, like he's been playing against men the last two seasons, moving him back down to junior, he might be able to stretch out a little more, you know, try to drive a little more production and take on more of a, of a, of a bigger role. And so players like that, where they're not, there isn't much of a public profile because they may not play that many minutes or they don't produce a ton. Then going back to junior that's another one where I can sort of look at it and go, okay, like here's, here's something that, you know, you give this player a bit of time to stretch out, then you get some better results and maybe you can carry that forward. But again, it's, it's a case by case thing for me and really dependent on, on who is, who's, who, who am I looking at and where are they playing and what am I looking for? Yeah. I'm really curious to see how it affects like those high end prospects, like, like Matvey Michkov, like won't be able to play in the tournament. Right. And, you know, he's expected to go top five. I wonder if, you know, Fantilli, well, Fantilli, I think already has jumped him with the way he's been going uh, yeah. this year. But uh, 
I'm curious to see if he maybe drops a little in in, a, right. in the draft just because he can't play in the tournament. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. I mean, I I think that there's just a lot of guys that I kind of just want to see how they go, how it goes for them, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's not really sort of a I'm going to change things based on X Y Z if these things do or do not happen, but I just kind of want to see how it goes. Like Edward Shawley is another one of these guys who's been playing against men all year. He has a pretty big resume from junior hockey in Czech Republic. He started off really hot this year. He's been ice cold for two months now, a month and a half. And some people are starting to question him a little bit. But, you know, if he can sort of come back down to the junior level and really drive good results for the Czech team and maybe they have a good good result at the tournament, then, yeah, then I would feel a little bit better going back to the Czech League games and going, okay, like these are things that he can do. It just he might be held back at this point in his career because he hasn't figured out X, Y, Z. And and you give yeah. him a few years to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And taking it back to, to the Leafs, you know, we saw like last year and the years before we had Matthew Nyes, we had Hervonen, we had Nimala, we had a bunch of guys playing in the tournament and now we don't. Did anything surprise you? Like, obviously our over 20 guys aren't any, are no longer, you know, uh, available to do that. But right. uh, for the under 20 guys, like guys like maybe Ty Voigt, who didn't even get a call to camp, even though he leads the OHL. Right. Did that surprise you in any way or are yeah. you not greatly surprised by that? Yeah, Ty Voigt surprised me. Um, you know, the the options for Toronto are not very large, like Nikita yeah. Bronkin and Vyacheslav Peksa would not be there regardless. Um Dennis Hildeby is too yeah. old, you know, maybe Moldenauer, but it's a t- I mean, I can see how it's a bit of a tough sell to take a a 19-year-old USHL player who is yeah. performing well. Um, and putting him on a Hockey Canada team where they, you know, they do have a pretty strong preference for Hockey Canada guys, guys that have played in the OHL, CHL, WHL, whatever you want to call it. They've played there and Moldenauer hasn't. And it just, I think it's a more of an uphill battle. Fraser Minton, I thought maybe would get a, a, a call up to the camp. I feel like maybe he could play a good bottom six role penalty kill. Um, you know, he's a really, really good puck mover, really smart passer and, and, compared to guys like Colton Dock and Caden Bankier and some other WHL guys, I thought maybe he might at least get an invite to camp, but I mean, it's hard to nitpick the Canadian roster when you look up yeah. and down the team and, <laughs> and really question what they've got. And this happens every year, right? Like hockey Canada brings a team that has a formula and that formula tends to work. You know, they, they like this sort of top six, bottom six approach. They want guys that can mm-hmm. play physical at the bottom end of their lineup and play hard and, and eat minutes while the high skill guys recharge. And if they don't think Fraser Minton's quite on that level yet to play that sort of a boiled down role, then maybe they just don't really think about it that much. Or maybe he was one of the last guys they thought about yeah. bringing and just cut him. Like, I don't know. But I think Ty Void is the one that surprises me the most because, I mean, one, there isn't that many other options. But two, <laughs> I really I really do think he should have at least been there. And maybe it's the opposite problem of Moldenauer, right? Like, it's a U.S. Yeah, guy US. who went to Canada, isn't really hasn't really been to the States playing hockey down there in a while, doesn't have much international experience for them anyway. Uh-huh. And he could have been a fit, sure. But again, you look at the state's team up and down, there's more than enough guys there who can shoot and score and skate and play with a lot of skill. And I, I don't know, it sucks. Personally, I probably would have had Ty Voigt, Ty Voigt on the on the roster, but don't worry. It's, a, He's it's still the same good. thing <laughs> with Sasha Pastuya, who I think plays on the same team as Ty Voigt. Yes. He didn't get the call either, and he's right. American playing in the OHL as well. Well, that's, that's interesting because he played on the team last year. and they didn't Yeah, exactly, back, right? So, I don't know. 
We could talk yeah. about him for an hour if you want. <laughs> but yes, I wanted to uh, mention the the Swedish uh, the goaltending situation, right? Because obviously we we saw during the last uh, the last tournament, Olsen was a rock for the Swedes, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. won the best goalie of the tournament, and with Carl Lindum in now, um, what do you think? Um, how do you think he's going to perform? And do you think uh, this is going to play a factor in the way that the Swedes, I guess, like uh, do in the tournament? Oh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be pivotal, right? Like, I think if you're going to take down a team like Canada, you got to have, you got to be able to keep them out of your dangerous areas and, and they're going to get chances on you. You've got to have a goalie who can give you the saves. Mm-hmm. Carl Lindbaum has an advantage that pretty much every Canadian goaltender does not have. And that's, that's professional experience. He's been playing pro hockey all year, performing really, really well. Um, the, his team started off a little bit underwhelming they're a young exciting team that got relegated from the shl last year and they're trying to get themselves back in and they started off a little rough coaching change came in and it's it's been a bit better for them but i think a lot of that comes down to Lindbaum. i mean he i did i looked this up the other day he was working uh on i think they have the lowest rate of goals against per game and i think they're like 25 goals behind the league lead in goals for which and and they're second place right now. And so wow. a lot of that, a lot of that I think comes down to him because when I look at that team playing defensively, they're not like the most incredible group of guys, but th- I, I mean, they're a very, very talented team for the second division in, in Sweden. They probably should be in the top division, but I don't know. He's going to be pivotal. And I think, I think that, you know, I look at their defense group in front of them. They don't have a ton of guys that I think play really, really reliable defensive hockey. Maybe Elias Pedersen can step in there. Kelly Odelius has some moments, but it's not a strong suit area of his game. They've got a little bit more firepower from their defensive group rather than real defense. So if he isn't really putting up the numbers that are necessary, they might have some trouble. But he's been good all year, playing against grown men, you know, doing well, stopping a lot of pucks and I don't know. I'm optimistic about the Swedish team. I think they're looking pretty good, but he'll be very important. Yeah, hopefully it works out because if, if the Swedes get another silver medal, uh, it's going to be pretty sad. Not great. Yeah, it wouldn't be very fun. It'd be sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. Well, what are your dark horses? I know you mentioned the um, the Finnish team and then uh, Slovakia as well, right? Yeah. Um, who do you think could surprise um, surprise uh, the, the, the whole world in this tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I I, I think the middle of the tournament is going to be just like a bloodbath, right? Mm-hmm. Finland, Czech, Slovakia, yeah. Switzerland, even maybe Germany. Probably oh. not, but maybe. I don't know. I don't think there's a ton on the German team, but yeah. you never know, right? Like Nikita Klopp has played a lot and faced a lot of pucks and saved some pucks. And you, that you can go off that. Who knows? I remember the days of Benjamin Kahn's taking Switzerland to the semifinals off of like a 50 save shutout against Russia or something from way back. Uh, I'm dating myself, I know. Um, <laughs> but you never know. Um, but I mean, if I had to pick a team to surprise people, as long as they get like solid goaltending out of Thomas Sachanik, that the Czechs could be a, an interesting sort of dark horse. Like I think Slovakia has a lot of firepower, a lot of offense and a lot of fun on their team, but they're young Mm -hmm. and maybe that's an advantage. Maybe that's a disadvantage. I don't know. But with the Czech team, they have some like not star power, but a very good group up front, right? Yuri Kulich, Matias Sapovalov, you know, uh, Edward Schale, uh, Martin Rishavi, Peter. I like Peter Hauser as well on that team. These are guys that can chip in offensively. Um, David Yurichek on D with Stanislav Svozil and Thomas Hamara and even a guy like Mark Alsher, 
these are guys that can play defense pretty well. And if Sachanik is standing on his head, if need be, there might be enough where they might squeak out like a two, one win when they need one. And if, and if that's what happens, then you never know how far that could take you. Right. Like I, I, I could be not remembering correctly, but I believe they played against Canada last year and pushed them pretty hard and they, they lost, but that game was closer than I think Canada expected it to be. And I feel like they might be able to catch someone maybe sleeping a little bit, especially with sort of a goaltending and defense first approach. So we'll see how far it takes them, but that's a team that I think I'd put, I'd put a little bit behind. I'll put you on the spot. Who wins gold? I will oh, make sure to keep this in mind when the yes, tournament ends. Absolutely. <laughs> Just clip it. Um, make sure yeah. everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- I think Canada is the team that is probably primed the most. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just, they're so deep and there's so much scoring. The only, like, again, the only things that could get them in trouble are the things that always get them in trouble. <laughs> Their goaltending is just not up to par compared to someone else in the tournament. Like, if Carl Lindbaum makes a 40 save, has a 40 save game, and Ben Gaudreau faces 20 shots and allows three, that could mean a loss. At the wrong time, they could be out. You never know. And, uh, but, but I look at them and go also, they have a lot of physical guys. Like, Nathan Gaucher really likes to skate fast and hit guys as hard as he can. In an international game, the last thing you want is an inopportune major because you're too hyped on maybe winning a quarterfinal game when you're up three, one and 10 minutes left in the game, you're feeling, feeling spicy and you crank some guy behind the net five minute major penalty at the wrong time. You never know what could happen there. So that's the only thing I think that could really torpedo Canada, but on paper. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I've run, I've run a lot of data back on, on this stuff and Canada is just, they're ahead. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're ahead a little bit. And uh, yeah. it'll be, it'll, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really good draft class for the Canadians too. The 2023 yes. ones, like big time, probably one of the best after I would say a pretty good stretch for the U S uh, drafts, you know, draft uh, in first rounds, at least. Yep. It's I think Canada is, it, it, I mean, it's a great draft yeah. around the world, but yeah. Canada is very, very strong. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of Canadian guys that even, even like Jaden Perron, who's not even playing in Canada is a Canadian guy in the States. who I think could make a lot of waves in this year's draft. The States I think have some individuals that I think look pretty good, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a, it's a Canadian heavy draft for the first time in a while. Um, but as usual, there's guys peppered around the world that also have performed quite well, but it's also just a good draft in general. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I think that's gonna do it here for for us. Um, thank you guys for for joining. Thank you again, Will, for for making oh. some time, and uh, it was great to rack your brain on that. So tell the people where can they find you? Yes, so uh, I run a website called Scouting.ca where I do data tracking of every draft prospect you could probably imagine or care about, and more. Uh, I also work uh, for McKean Talkie at McKeenTalkie.com, doing some writing for them, articles. So the 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 written versions of my YouTube reports are also available there. So that's the other thing. I run a YouTube channel called Scouting that you can find here on YouTube, um, where I write our film and report on draft prospects um, and all kinds of other stuff. We do a live show every Thursday night. So there's going to be one later tonight in two hours. Uh, <laughs> so I got to reboot and recharge for that. But so you can subscribe over there uh, and get your fill of, of draft content and uh, ask me some questions and yell at me every Thursday night. What, what better <laughs> What better things are there to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, um, from all of us here, um, 
happy holidays to everybody, right? Yes. Take yes. Some happy holidays. Last yes. game. Exactly. Take take a take a breather. Enjoy the enjoy the season. I mean, hopefully we get some snow. <laughs> hopefully oh. it's not too too bad. It looks no, like it's gonna be some no. freezing rain. Tomorrow so. is yeah. gonna be a storm. It's gonna I be know. a mess. If it was just all snow and no freezing rain, I'd be so okay with it. <laughs> I just don't want a shovel. <laughs> yeah, Listen, I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. I don't yeah. have a boomer back. <laughs> you, yeah. oh, okay. you will. You will. You, you are a zoomer. You were denied. Don't worry. It's coming. Millennial. Your back's not gone yet. Don't. Hey, yeah, but... I'm th- I'm 32. It comes. It's happening. It's it's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm I'm still I, I still haven't hit the quarter century yet, so I'm I'm okay for a little oh, bit my longer. It's <laughs> six months more. I can <laughs> I can rest on it. But um, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna do it here from us. But I hope you guys enjoyed it and um uh make sure you like make sure you subscribe um tweet out at us like i said and um hit the bell notification i mean we're there's a bunch of shows that we have here on stpn that you guys would love to check out as well and um one quick tidbit um on my uh twitch channel this saturday we're going to be doing a charity stream armand's going to be on there as well and uh he's going to be uh cutting his hair he's gonna be shaving it off so armand show them the luscious locks show them the luscious locks i mean it's really long right now it's like, way damn. too long. He's gonna be donated all on there. We're gonna yeah, have I love a bunch it. I of, love it. We're we're gonna have like uh, I think we have like this super spicy like uh, hot sauce too, like the, the bomb hot sauce or whatever. We're gonna yeah. be doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Join us. It's all for a good cause. We're all, all, it's gonna be all uh, uh for charity, and uh, we'll hope to see you guys there. Good night. Maybe. Bye. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.